Well, I hope the worship has been special for you and your family today as we've gathered in the presence of the Lord. This brings us to the end of our current series, Jesus Said I Am. I hope that it's uh, spoken to you and maybe introduced to you Jesus in a in a a different sort of way a little bit. We talked about that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. Last week we talked about him saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we come to the last I am statement that he made in John's gospel. And he says, I am the true vine. So we're going to be looking at this Today, when we began this series, I, I mentioned two classifications of people that are now out there when it comes to religion in America and church. One was called the nuns, those that have no affiliation whatsoever with any kind of faith. And then there was, I introduced you to the duns, those that have walked away from church for one reason or, or the other. I, I call them sometimes the de-church. They got uh, turned off somehow to church or they got hurt or something happened and they walked away. And, and it concerns me about the church today that have we taken the beautiful message and gospel of Jesus and turned it into some kind of drudgery and a hard thing that people aren't attracted to. I, I, I was watching years ago on ESPN and they were doing something that seemed weird to me and I read something about it that it was one of those world's strongest men kind of things. And a guy by the name of David Huxley, in 1997, he strapped himself in a harness. He planted his tennis shoes firmly. He was connected uh, by a cable to a 747 jet. And he began to pull this thing down uh, the runway, 187 tons. And he got it rolling, and he went 100 yards in one minute and 21 seconds. Now, we're thinking, man, that's incredible. But, you know, an airplane was never meant to be pulled. It was meant to the engines to fire up, and it was meant to fly. But we applauded the efforts of a man. Sometimes we have done that with Jesus and his kingdom. We're trying to leg it out and do everything we can as men. And we're applauding, saying, oh, you're doing a great job. But he expected to live his life through us, which is really different. And so we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to be in John chapter 15. Last week we were in John chapter 14, and at the end of chapter 14, you may remember the he and the disciples, a very intimate conversation, and they come to the end of chapter 14. They've been in the upper room. Jesus is heading towards his last uh, final hours of, of life, and the the end of chapter 14, it says, rise and let us go from here. So they're leaving the upper room, and we come to chapter 15, but I want to do something. I want to go to chapter 16 of John, just a moment, and chapter 16, verse 1, says this, Jesus speaking, he said, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. He knew that there would be a temptation for us and these intimate disciples that he had to fall away, to, to not have the intimate walk with the Father anymore. So that was his purpose. Now we back up to 15 to see what he said that would encourage them and keep them from falling away. So in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, I'm going to read through verse 11, and it says this, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Literally, that's nothing of spiritual significance. You cannot do it if you do not abide in the Father. And then it says this, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. The word abide happens about 12 or 13 times there. It's amazing how many times you see that. I think that's important. We'll get to that in just a moment. But they've left the upper room, and they're making their way out of Jerusalem. They go across the Kidron Valley. It's, a, it's an incredible walk to go across the Kidron Valley, and they come up on what is called the Mount of Olives, and in the Mount of Olives area, obviously there's olive trees in the Garden of Gethsemane, but there are also vineyards, and, and maybe, just maybe, Jesus is walking along with the disciples. He comes upon a grapevine, and he is able to give them a picture, uh, a metaphor of what he is to them. And I want to unpack this a little bit with you today, and I want to talk about the different pieces that are in uh, this story that Jesus tells. Number one, he calls himself the true vine. Now, in Old Testament history, in the history of the Jewish nation, Isaiah the prophet said that Israel was like the vine of God. And so that is what uh, they recognize is that, oh, Israel is the vine. And now here comes Jesus and he's saying this. Listen, guys, I am the true vine. It's not in a nation. It's not in a religious institution. It's in a relationship with me. That is where you're going to find true life and you're going to find true vitality and fruitfulness in me. That's what Jesus is saying when he's saying, I am the true vine. And then notice what he said. He says, my father is the vine dresser. Now, this is, this is important. It's talking about God the Father. In other words, he owns the vineyard. He owns it all, folks. I mean, it's all God's. And uh, he is in charge. He is the authority over all the vineyard. Now, if the Father owns it all, hear, hear what I'm going to say. This is a key point. Your perception of God is how you will see the vineyard. Now, the vineyard is all over the world. We live in that. But how your perception of God is how you will see the vineyard. In other words, how you see God. Here, here's a case in point. If you see God as harsh and demanding and angry and wrathful and wanting to put his thumb on you all the time, then you are going to see the vineyard full of guilt. You never measure up. 
You're fearful. You're scared because you think God is going to do something to you in an evil way. You see, if you see the Father that way, then you're going to see all of life that way. However, if you see the Father as merciful, graceful, love, He's the creator that wants His best for me, then what you're going to see in the vineyard, even in the midst of coronavirus, you're going to find comfort, you're going to find peace, you're going to find endurance, you're going to find contentment because you see the Father that way. You see, many people struggle because they, they have a misperception of what God is really like. But if we see Him correctly, then we see this life in the vineyard that way. But here's the deal too. If He's in charge... That means there are certain times we're not going to understand what he's doing. And, and Jesus begins to talk about this pruning process. He says, first of all, he said, the fruitless or the diseased branches are going to be cut and thrown away. Now, that makes sense. But then he says, those that do bear fruit, he is going to prune. He is going to cut back. Now, that doesn't sound so good. This is living tissue, and it's fruitful And he's going to cut it back. And if you've ever seen vines, you see when they're cut back, they're pruned all the way back. Even the branch that we say, man, that is producing the most fruit. It is cut back because what is happening is it's taking a lot of the nutrients that need to go to the whole branch. It is taking many of them. So the father, it says the, the, the vine dresser will cut those and prune those back. Listen, pruning in our life is so that more fruit will be bore, and so the vine can produce more. And there's times that we go through pruning, and I want you to hear this. A lot of times pruning is taking away the good so that the best can come out. Now, that's hard for us to understand, but the Father sees all, He knows all, and sometimes His pruning is you've become so attached to the good that you're missing the best. Uh, in Pam and I's life and ministry, uh, we were in student ministry for many, many years, and we had become very fruitful. God has blessed in, in enormous ways. We were reaching a lot of students. I was having an opportunity to go and speak in a lot of places and, and do a lot of things. But the Lord started moving in our heart about going and restarting uh, a church. And in the process of that, we, we said yes to God, not knowing fully the pruning we were about to go through. When you've been bearing a lot of fruit and, and you're seeing God work over here and you step into another area that he's called you to, he had to prune a lot of stuff away. It was painful, to be honest with you. We lost a whole lot of stuff that we never saw coming in the midst of that pruning that took place. But, you know, we look from today, and we're still in the same city, and we would say, yes, we were fruitful then. But as we look back over the years, we can see God had to do a work so that we become more fruitful today by helping many other branches bear fruit. So please understand, God loves you, and he wants the best for you. But let's talk about the fruit a little bit. Uh, um, Fruit bearing should be natural for a healthy branch. A healthy branch ought to produce uh, good fruit. If it, He's talking about grapevines here. They ought to produce fruit if they are healthy. But here's a key point that I want you to get. Fruit bearing is for others. Never does a branch eat the fruit that it is bearing. It is bearing fruit 
so that others can participate in that. And fruit amount will differ from branch to branch and from vine to vine. It will, it will differ, but you gotta understand the fruit is for someone else. Now, what is the type of fruits that Jesus is wanting as the vine? He is wanting to produce in us as the branches. Here, here's some that I, I, I think about. In other words, what does the vine dresser uh, want fruit-wise to come out of the branches. So here's some of my thoughts. You know, grapes, the fruit that it bears, uh, uh, that the vine and the branch bears, the grapes are actually, and you bite into a grape and you find the seeds in there, there are seeds. So what is those seeds to do? Well, they are to produce other plants. One of the fruits that God wants to bear through his children, through his his followers are to live a life in such a way so that we can share the good news of Jesus with others so that new believers come about because we're bearing fruit. So the seeds that go forth, you hope will produce others that will follow Christ. So that's one thing. But number two is this. This is what the Lord wants to produce in our lives, a life of holiness and obedience that becomes attractive that others want to follow Christ as well. Remember, the fruit is not for us. It's for other people. In fact, Paul said in the book of Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, the Lord wants to produce these in ourselves. To puff us up? No. It's so that others will find the gospel attractive and want to follow Christ themselves. This is the kind of fruit that the Lord wants to produce. Now, we've talked about the true vine. We've talked about the vine dresser. We've talked about uh, the fruit. Now let's talk about the branches, because that's you and me, and that's where we come in. And, and this is about us. Hear this. The branch has one purpose. And you're going to say, well, the branch's one pers- purpose is to produce fruit. That's not it. The branch's one purpose is to remain in the vine. You see, it's through the vine that the fruit is produced. The branch is this there connected to the vine, and it is the vine that's producing the fruit. The branch is just a conduit for it. So we as the branches, our one calling is to remain connected to Jesus the vine. The purpose is to abide in Him and to remain in Him. And we will automatically bear fruit if we are willing to remain in Him. Because the Scripture said, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, the Greek word for nothing is still nothing. We can do nothing spiritually prosperous if we are not connected to Him. The vine works His life-giving through us as the branches so that we will bear fruit. Now, the branch is not striving. And in fact, uh, sometimes we talk about grafting, how branches are grafted into the vine. And, and Paul deals with this in Romans, how that he sees we as Gentiles were grafted in. I'm, I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the grafting process is you're taking a branch and you're grafting it to the vine in such a way that it becomes one with that. And you don't know actually almost where the vine ends and the branch begins. 
So what I'm saying is it's so vital in our lives that Christ become, we remain in him so much that he's living his life out through us. Now, the Lord knew that we were going to be tempted to fall away. That's what I read in John chapter 16. He knew that we were going to be tempted to fall away. How we were going to be tempted to fall away? Well, somebody's going to say, well, it's the flesh and, the, and we get tempted and we're, we're going to sin and evil comes in. And we, you know, I've discovered that most believers do not fall away because of evil. They fall away because of distractions. They fall away from those little things that just kind of, they nibble themselves into lostness like a sheep does sometimes. We, we start to find our worth in relationships instead of clinging to the vine. We, we start to find our identity in money and fame and accomplishments. Or we find our identity in ease and pleasure because that's what our world wants us to do. And when we start finding our identity in those things, we slowly start to see ourselves fall away. And Jesus is saying, listen, I share this with you. If you will cling and abide to me, you will not fall away. So how do we cling and remain in the vine? Well, three quick things. Number one is you choose to. Now, Jesus said in verses 6 and 7, he said, if anyone does not abide. And then in verse 7, he said, if you abide. If there's an if there, Jesus is referring, you have a choice. You're either going to remain in me or you're not going to remain in me. And so we, first of all, have to make a choice. And it's a daily choice. Jesus, today I choose to cling to you. You will be my life today. If not, I guarantee you there will be something else that you will try to get your identity from. And you will find yourself dried out. You're going to be pulling a 747 when you were meant to get in and ride. And... So number one is you choose. Number two is you have communion with God. How do you have communion? We have it through his, through his word, through worship, through prayer, through just getting out in nature and walking and praying, spending it with other people in, in community and fellowship. And we hope to get back to that real soon. Literally, we want to be where he is. You know, it, I love my wife to death. But, you know, we can get estranged if we don't play, uh, plan to have time together. And it's that same way with the Lord. You need to be where he is. And that's important. So you choose to. You choose to have communion as well. But thirdly, you're not going to like this one. You've got to surrender. You've got to be willing to surrender your will, your strong flesh that is crying out to be pampered all the time, And I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 46. He said, cease striving. We interpret that a lot of times, be still. But it literally means cease striving and know that I am God. See, we're striving so much. And he is saying, cease striving and know that I am God. Choose to, number one. Number two, have communion with him. And then thirdly, surrender. To him, You know, we can preach and not bear fruit. We can have tons of people in our worship services, thousands watching online, and not bear fruit. We can uh, serve and serve and serve and not bear fruit. 
You see, it's when we remain in the vine, then and only then can we bear true spiritual fruit. It's only when we remain in Him and abide in Him that we bear fruit. Listen, we come to the end of this series on talking about Jesus I Am. And some of you have heard it, but maybe there's never been that time in your life when you say, Okay, Lord, I choose to find my identity in you. Jesus, you came, you lived, you died for me. You chose me. Now, Lord, today I choose you. Right there, right where you're at today, in the living room, wherever you may be, you can choose Jesus. Uh, in 1994, the, the U.S. Um, had a, a space explorer by the name of the Magellan. And not, NASA chose in 1994, it, you see, it had circled Venus um, about 15,000 times just taking in information that had been out there. But on October the 11th, 1994, NASA crashed the Magellan into Venus and it was destroyed as it was crashed. And you're thinking, what would make anybody take a, a multi-million dollar satellite, a, a space explorer, and crash it like that? You see, what they discovered is, is the, even though it had made all those trips, that it was run out of power. And the last thing that they could do with the power is to crash it there in Venus. Listen. Listen, we so often are trying to live our Christian life in our own strength. And let me tell you, you're worth so much more than a multi-million dollar space explorer. God has created you and he loves you. But listen, some of us are working on our own power. And the Lord is saying today, listen, I want you to remain and abide in me. I want you to bow your heads with me if you would. And I want to pray, Father, we have come today to open your word. And Lord, you are so creative to take a vine and to make an incredible analogy of what life with you is all about. But Lord, I want to pray for that individual right now that has never made a decision to follow you. They choose. And Lord, I'm praying today they will choose you. Lord, it doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect, but it means that they have, uh, they're attaching themselves to the right vine. And Father, for the believers out there today that are fighting their identity in so many things other than you, they're running on their own power, they're pulling a 747. Father, may they cease striving and rest in you today. And Father, may we produce such fruit by you in us that others will find the faith attractive and cease to follow after you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're moving in the hearts of people right now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.